Judges, Numbers, excuse me, Numbers, the book of Numbers. Everybody hear me? We're going to be in the book of Numbers tonight. The book of Numbers in chapter number 22 is where we're going to be tonight. We're not going to be in the book of Judges. We're going to be in the book of Numbers. I hope everybody got that because I think I maybe I got that now too because I'm trying to make myself get this that we're going to be in the book of Numbers tonight. I think I said it enough. Numbers chapter number 22 and um, let me see. Let's read verse 21. That's all we're going to read. We're going to go through every bit of the chapter, but we're just going to read that verse to begin with, and we'll read the rest of the chapter as we go. Numbers chapter number 22, verse number 21. The Bible says, And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love, and I pray, dear God, that you would help tonight and in every way and give liberty. Lord, we know your word says that where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And I pray, God, that you'd give that tonight and give us a good dose of the Holy Ghost. And, and Lord, help us to preach with an unction and the power of the Holy Ghost. And, and Lord, that I would say nothing um, to edify self, um, to edify um, this um, world or anything else or this church or, uh, or individuals, members, whatever, Lord, I pray, God, it would bring all glory to you. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would get ultimate preeminence here at this place tonight. And, Lord, help us to apply this message to our heart. And, uh, Lord, because, uh, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm doing, and I know you do, and I, I just want to um, be obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Everybody all right? Amen. Numbers chapter number 22, verse 21. The Bible tells us that as Balaam rose up in the morning, he saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Now you say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, in this text tonight, we come to our sixth message in our series entitled, Look, There's Jesus. We've seen Jesus, and there's Jesus as the promised seed, the permanent seer, Genesis 16, Genesis 2. We've seen Jesus as the promise supplier in Genesis chapter number 18. We've seen Jesus as uh, um, the plea sovereign in Genesis chapter number 22. And we've seen Jesus as uh, the promoter of service in Exodus chapter number 3. And so now we've come to our text this week, and it's something a little bit farther uh, down the road. Um... But the children of Israel still have not made their way into the promised land. They still have not made it there. And we understand that Joshua still has not taken over. Joshua takes over in the latter part of the book of Numbers. And um, right around book uh, chapter number 30-ish. And he takes over at that time. And um, But this week we come to a very unique passage in the Bible. It's a very unique passage. Everybody's probably heard of this passage, but I doubt anybody. Has anybody ever heard this passage preached on? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I never have. I, I, there's probably a reason for that too, but um, there's, a, there's a lot in this passage, but it's a hard passage. It's a very unique passage, and in this passage we find a man by the name of Balaam, of course, He's a very unique man, uh, but however, he's actually mentioned more times in your King James Bible than the mother of Jesus is. 
And um, he's mentioned more times than she is. You'll find him in Numbers chapter, uh, from Numbers chapter 22 on to Numbers chapter 27 and Numbers chapter 31. You'll find him there in, in the book of Micah in chapter number 6. You'll find him in Judge Jude chapter number 1, 2 Peter chapter 2, Revelation chapter number 2. You'll find him on all those places, and you'll find him in Nehemiah chapter number 13. And you find him all over the Bible, is my point. Joshua chapter 24. He's all over the Bible in many different avenues, but, you know, that's a long period of time. Why is he in so much Bible? Well, same reason Noah's in so much Bible. I mean, there's a lot of different cases that took place uh, um, that he was in the Bible about. Uh, um, but then, of course, this passage we're in this evening uh, is a quite hard passage to get into. It's one of them passages that you're reading at night and you're like, what in the world's going on in this passage? It's one of those passages you probably would skip over. And so I'm just telling you the God's honest truth. But yet yeah, it, it is a very... Um, intriguing passage if you will it's a it, it it can gain your attention if you really play pay closely attention be be very attentive to it you can get something out of it and so we'll lay a backdrop and um, preach on this thought if the lord will help us there's jesus as a powerful powerful speaker there's jesus as a powerful powerful i don't know why i'm having problems with that powerful speaker. And so, don't you know the Lord can use whatever He can, however He wants to, whenever He wants to speak for Him? Don't you know that? He, he called us out as preachers to be His spokesperson. Do you know that? He called you out as a Christian to be His spokesman. That's right, He did. He called us to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Uh, we're ambassadors for Him. That means we're supposed to be what? His representative. Amen. And so, notice a few pieces of the backdrop to get the context for me, if, you, if we could tonight. And I'm going to ask the Lord to help us once again, because I need His help again. Lord, we love you. Please help, God. Please help. We need your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a hard passage. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, the Bible says, And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on the side of Jordan, this side of Jordan, by Jericho, and Balak, the son of Zippor, said, All that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because there were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. Now Moabites came from Lot. They're one of the only two tribes that came from Lot, and I want to let you know that. Um, so they came from the ancestral relationship with Lot and his daughters, and the Moabites came from there. And so that's, we know Ruth came from there too, is that not right? And so here they are, and here they are in this text, and uh, he sent messengers therefore unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, uh, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they come to cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. There was about two million of them, approximately. Peradventure I shall prevail that we might smite them and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot not what that he 
whom thou blessest, blessest is blessed, and him whom thou cursest is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. Okay, so um, he gets here and we see the relationship uh, here. We see the relationship here. And as the Bible says, as the Lord shall speak to me, in verse number 8, that's what he said, and the Lord uh, shall speak unto me. The Lord shall speak unto me. Now, uh, Balaam acknowledges Jehovah, the God of Israel. He acknowledges him as his God. He acknowledges him. uh, He says, the Lord shall speak to me. Now, they're at least seemingly on speaking terms at least. Yet, Balaam, according to the New Testament, is a wicked prophet. Now, we can, we can also partly see this in this text, but J. Sidlow Baxter, an old writer, he said uh, he, that, that he, he described uh, Balaam as a walking paradox, is what he described him. He said uh, he is a true prophet and he is a false one as well. And that's about what he is. And you can see that throughout his life. If you study the life of Balaam, uh, there is uh, that. And so in this, he has a relationship, uh, but is okay with resorting to the magic world. It uses the terms of he brings rewards of divination uh, to him. And so um, he's okay to resort to the magic world of things uh, for things as we read in this text and, and seeking God's will over something that is plainly not God's will. It's not God's will to do what they've done, what he's asking. He, he, why would he ask God if it was okay to go kill God's people? Right? Don't make no sense, does it? And so here he is, and he's asking God literally uh, that fact. And uh, uh, he's entertaining wickedness. uh, And entertaining wickedness will never be God's will. Uh, um, But they also carried uh, with them rewards, uh, implying, implying he would get paid to come with them. If you do some study, you'll find that there was a prophet's fee. To get prophets to work with you, there was a prophet's fee. Um, and so, so there's a prophet's fee and he's going uh, and they're bringing these rewards in their hands uh, and they're going to bring it to him and, and the relationship may have been there but the world and the word uh, have no thing in common and so here he is uh, and he's relying on God to lead him uh, into uh, doing this because there's some kind of pay for it. Right? Relationship is there but it's not there. I hope that makes sense. So the relationship. And the second I want you to notice the, the rebellion. The Bible says in verse 9, And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? Like he didn't already know. And Balaam said unto God, Barak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, have sent them unto me, saying, Behold, there's a people come out of Egypt with cover. By the way, who came out of Egypt? Israel. Uh, there's a people come out of Egypt which covered the face of the earth. Come, come now, curse me them. Um, per, like God didn't know he was talking about his own people. <laughs> this dude's dumb. 
I mean, literally, I'm serious, and and we'll get there in a little bit. But I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. They are. God said, Blessed be them that bless them, cursed be them that curse them. And so, and Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the prince of Balak, Balak, get ye into, get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to go. Give me leave to go with you. Lord said, No, I'm not going. And the princes of Moab rose up and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. He sent somebody else, somebody more honorable, somebody more famous, right? Maybe they can get him attention. And they come to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor. Hey, I'll give you fame if you'll come with me. And I will do whatsoever thou sayest to me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. Come with me to curse God's people. Man. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me this, his house full of silver, if he'll give me more, I'll do it. Told you he's dumb. And gold. I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night that I may know what the Lord will say. Hey, stay again. Hang out again. And um, I'm going to ask the Lord again, okay? And he goes in and he said, and, uh, and God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Boaz. So, there's rebellion. And he kept going back to the Lord, and the Lord had already given him the answer, and then, and then the Lord said, okay, go. 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 Go ahead and go. And in mercy, God responded, and then the Lord has... But he said, don't go. Don't say whatever you want to say, but it best be what I tell you to say when you do go. The Lord had already told Balaam his will and his way. And so God prepared Balaam for judgment. Isn't that crazy? That's what God did. God prepared Balaam for judgment. He said, if you ain't going to listen to me, uh, I will go ahead. There's a Romans chapter 1 all over this. I want to let everybody know that. Uh, um, God turned them over. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that. And that's not what took place here exactly. But that's, that's in essence a, a situation where God said, just do what you want to do uh, and then you'll pay the consequences for it. You'll pay the consequences for it. And so can I just say rebellion will always cause judgment. Rebellion against God will always cause judgment. Rebellion against parents will always cause judgment. Nonetheless, it will always cause judgment. And it seems from these verses that everything is okay. But we know from the verses that follow that the Lord was angry with Balaam. And God is never angry with anyone without cause. God's not just going to be mad at you. 
And so let's let's sum what God did up in a small in a few small verses. We're good. Well, Psalm chapter one hundred six and verse thirteen. The Bible says they soon forget His works. They waited not for His counsel, um, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And He gave them their request, uh, um, but sent leanness into their soul. So God gave them what they requested, the children of Israel. God gave them what they requested, but they had consequences. In mercy, man. In mercy. And so you see, you can see what, what happened there. They, they, they got what they desired, but not as His will, but as they willed. As they willed, yet judged them through it. Uh, he judged them through it. And it's a lesson learned. It ought to be a lesson learned to everyone. Uh, um, but Balaam rebelled against God's will for his life. And in that, uh, he was named throughout the Bible and it was never good. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 15, the Bible says, Which have forsaken the right ways uh, and are going astray. Speaking of prophets and preachers. Following the way of Balaam, the son of Bashor, who loved the wages of righteousness. Unrighteousness. Loved the wages of unrighteousness. Jude Verse 11, the Bible says, Woe unto them, for they had gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Cor. So, he's put in the same category as Cain. Understand that? He says, Don't go in, woe unto them that go in the way of Cain and the ones also that go after the heir of Balaam for reward. They're only doing it for reward. They're not doing it for anything else. We get the context by understanding he's talking about Noah's day and so on and so on. He's a preacher of righteousness and so on and so on. So he's talking about preachers. Go for the reward. Man, don't we have that today? It's, it's, I mean, it's rampant in the churches that we live in. It's rampant in the churches uh, um, that we are, uh, even the ones that we're with. Uh, and it's rampant in there that pastors and preachers, all they want is money. All they want. Revelation 2 and verse 14, Jesus is speaking and writing to the church of Pergamos. And he's saying to them, but I have a few things against thee, because, that, because thou hast them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and commit fornication? Well, he taught them to do that. I'd say he's a wicked prophet. He's a wicked prophet, and what sounds good isn't always God's will. And the love of money was the root of all evil here. And that's what's taking place. And so it, it caused rebellion. Uh, we must be careful in that, friend. We must be careful. Is that there, was a sli- there was a relationship we've seen uh, that he heard from God. Uh, but, 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 he rebelled against God. God's will and God's way. And from that we see something in verse 22. And God's anger was kindled because he... Went and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. The ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. The ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn him her into the way. 
And the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, the wall being on this side and the wall on that side. So we're speaking on the angel of the Lord, and we understand the context of this. There's Jesus as um, uh, he there's Jesus as he is, and uh, the fact that he is the powerful speaker, and he's using he's using he's using a donkey. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? We know God can use anything. The ass turned. Uh, let's see. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of vineyards, a wall being on the side and the other side, on the wall on that side. When the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. Oh, poor Balaam! <laughs> and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in the narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And that's all I'm going to read for a second. So we see the rebellion, we see the relationship, but we see the rebuke. Now this is where Jesus comes on the scene. And I see a few things here. I see firstly the rage of the Lord. The Bible says in verse 22, And God's anger was kindled because he went. Well... Why in the world was the Lord angry with him? You with me? Why was the Lord angry with him, Lord? You told him to go. That's what some would say. Here's why, though. Balaam heard the Lord's answer the first time. He didn't need to tell him a second time. And so he didn't need a third time. He didn't need a second time. Uh, Yet God said, okay, go ahead and do what your will is uh, because you're going to do it anyways. Uh, Go ahead and do your will. And this man had no good conscience. It's very clear that he did not. you imagine going against God's will like this just because God said go? I remember asking my parents when I was younger. I remember asking them one time and them saying no and then asking them another time and it seemed like they said yes, so it was okay. But it never was okay. Everybody agree with me on that? You remember those days? It really wasn't okay. (laughs) I remember they never were happy about it. It really wasn't okay. And so I'm just saying that the Lord was raised. He was was upset about it. He was mad about it. The anger was kindled against him. Then we see the, the rival of the Lord. Now the Bible says in verse... To, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary. Next time. Because of his anger, he became the adversary to him. He blocked his path, literally. In essence, I'd just like to say God is protecting his people here too. There's two sides of the story. Not only is God stopping his man, but God is protecting his people. And he puts a block in the way. He puts a stumbling block in the way. An angel of the Lord. And guess who that is? Jesus. And so there's the rival of the Lord, and then there is the recognition of the ass. And we see here in verse number 23 where the Bible says, And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. Man, this doggy was more spiritual than Balaam was. Seriously. I mean, he had no gifts, but he recognized his creator. Right? He knew who he was, and he knew exactly who he was. He said, I see the angel of the Lord standing right there. And I am not going no farther. And then we see the response of the ass. Verse number, 20, no, verse number 23, the Bible says, and the, 
asked Saul, the angel of the Lord, standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. The ass turned aside, uh, out of the way, and went to the field. He said, no, I ain't going that way. And then verse, then, I mean, there's one, there's three responses here. Three responses. There's a first response. First response, I'm going to call it a response of fright. Okay, that's what I'm going to call it. So response of fright, that God is literally using the donkey to teach the prophet his problems. That's literally what God is doing here. He used, a, he used, a, he used the rooster to, to teach Peter, didn't he? I mean, he is using a donkey to teach the problems of the prophet. And this donkey is literally responding to the Lord by turning away from danger. It's the same way. No response is a response. Right? And so, so if the Lord's dealing with a heart and you say no and you say you don't move and you don't do anything, it's still a response. And so no response is any response. And so he turns away completely and that's the response. Your response of fright seemingly at first. Oh my goodness, is that really who I see? And then there's the second response in verse number 25 where the Bible says, And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot. And so, so here she is, and, and here's the second response. I'm going to call this response of faithfulness. Not only is the response of, 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 of fright, but then there's the response of faithfulness. It almost seems here that the donkey is literally protecting herself on the line to save her leader. She's, she's in there to protect that. Yeah, yeah, also, she's trying to get his attention in that. Hey, listen, I'm saving you by doing what I'm doing because I see something you don't see. I see someone you don't see. But I'm also trying to get your attention. Would you pay attention to what's ahead of us? And then there's a third response in verse number 27. When the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under a veil. Third response, I'm going to call this a response of fear. Not just fear, I'm scared, but reverential fear. I believe that's what this was. It's almost like this ass is responding in a reverential fear toward uh, the one ahead. Hey, if, you, if, the, if only this donkey could talk, right? If only this donkey could talk. Uh, I believe it says, you idiot, do you not see who is ahead of me? That's not a bad word, by the way. Do you not see who is ahead of me? I, I mean, don't let the ass outsee you. Don't let the donkey out see you spiritually. That's a big problem. And, but this donkey has better spiritual perception than this prophet does. Man. The relationship here, the rebellion here, and the rebuke here. Then I want you to notice in verse 28, the Bible says, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. Man, I wish this donkey could talk. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. I would, there, I would there were a sword in my hand, for now I'd kill thee. He said, I wish there was a sword in my hand, and I'd kill you right now. That's a good preacher. Mace Jackson preached a message titled Seven Strange Preachers. And you listen to it. There's a preaching rooster, a preaching donkey. Yeah, I can't remember them all. Preaching worms to Saul. Excuse me. I'm trying to think of his name. But there's preaching worms. Herod. There you go. 
There's many of them, but nonetheless, verse 30, And the angel, I mean, the ass said unto Balaam, Not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine this day. Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. And so I want to see a few things here. I want to see the ranting of the donkey. The ranting of the donkey. I've never preached on donkey before, so y'all get in my mind for a minute. There's the ranting of the donkey. The donkey said, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. She said unto him, What hast I? What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me three times? What have I done unto thee? I mean, this is proof that the Lord is a powerful speaker. And it's proof that he opened the mind and he opened the mouth of a donkey to speak for him. You understand that? Pretty crazy. And that's amazing to me. That's absolutely amazing. You can't limit a limitless God. Uh, only the Creator could do that. Only Him. He said, what in the world have you done? Why, why, what have I done to thee? Thou hast smitten me these three times. Then we see the rebuke of the donkey. I can't even remember if I told you the point. But the point is the report here. But then there's verse number 28 at the end. He says, what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? There's a rebuke. In our language, she would have simply said something along the lines of, man, what in the world have I done to you? I haven't done a thing wrong to you, dummy. Right? In my mind for a minute. I mean, open your eyeballs. Open your eyeballs. There's something that, what have I done to you? And so it gave them a rebuke. And then I'm going to put this in there just for alliteration's sake, but I believe it's right along the lines of what we're getting. And then there's the reaction of a dummy. Not only is there response and the rebuke of a donkey, but there's the reaction of a dummy. And Balaam said unto the ass. Does that know what it says in verse 29? Balaam is so mad that he answers without hesitation. You understanding what I'm saying there? I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but if a donkey speaks to me, I will not be answering back to that donkey. I'm just being serious here. I mean, I wouldn't be answering back to a donkey if the donkey spoke to me. I just would not. But he he responds in such anger, and if he if he only knew what was about to, what what was about to be ahead of him, and this wicked prophet was on his way to do a wicked work, and anything that 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 gets in the way and hinders the way of the evil from getting their desires will suffer consequences. Just ask Naboth. Naboth said no. I'm not selling my vineyard and he got stoned because of it. Because wicked king and queen wanted what they wanted. And he wanted this. And something got in his way. He said, listen, I'm just ready to kill you. Man. I mean, it's simple. I know it's kind of funny but because it's, it's just not our thought but it's true. Who answers a donkey talking to him? There was more than just a donkey talking to him. And then I want you to notice the report of them both. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not on thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever want to do so, so unto thee? Did I ever want to do anything bad to you? Have I ever done anything bad to you? The donkey explained he wasn't doing this for the bad, but he was doing this for his good. And so Balaam had to humble himself and admit that 
she hadn't never done anything wrong with him. Right? So, so maybe she had a real reason for this. So the moral of all this is, is so far is that God can use whatever he wants however he wants. He's a powerful speaker. Do you notice how they switch positions in verse number 30? Underline that last word in verse number 30. Nay. Now who's the donkey? You with me? Everybody with me? That was a little bit funny. I mean, you can't laugh about that one. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that. I just saw that while I was, while I, was I underlined it in my Bible and said they switched positions. I wrote it down. But I'm just saying that there, there is a situation here that, that they are all in this. And the whole report and some of it all is that God is literally using a donkey to speak to his wicked prophet. Man, the relationship, the rebellion, the rebuke, the report. Let's see, fifthly, the realization here. Verse number 31, the Bible says, Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he said, The angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Notice that few things. I see the ways of the Lord. He was standing with his sword drawn. Not right? Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. Meaning, you come closer, you dead. Simple. I mean, it's simple. It's, it, uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it, it better, we better be careful stomping grounds outside the will of God. Amen. If we see not only the ways of God, but we see the will of God. And I don't know about you, but if I, my eyes were open and I saw an angel of the Lord standing in front of me with his sword already drawn, I think it would tell me what the will of God was, don't you? I think it would tell me right away what the will of God was. I mean, I believe when his eyes were open, the will of God was very clear uh, to see. And it was loud, and it was clear, and it said, Turn around! That's what I would think, wouldn't you? I, mean, really, I would say, that's what it is saying. Because if I walk any more farther, I'm going to be dead. Simple. Well, God was very clear to turn around. Yet he still did not turn around, by the way. I'm telling you, when I said this guy was a dummy, he is a dummy. And I'm not discarding, I'm not disregarding the Bible, I'm not doing any of those things in that. I promise. But then I see the words of the Lord in verse 20, 30. Two, and the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now I'd slain thee, saved her alive. You'd already been dead, Joker. I mean, it's simple. You, you would, uh, it, it, was, it was words of rebuke to Balaam. And Balaam has sinned against the Lord personally. And he said, you see that? You see how he sinned against him personally? He said, the way is perverse before me. It was him. Personally. That's proves it's the Lord here we're talking about. 
Thy way is perverse before me. And I tell you, beloved, we must be careful. Um, we must be careful in this, ad, in this avenue uh, to stay in His will and His way direction. I mean by that. His way and listen to His words. You do not want to get on the side of the powerful Lord. You don't want to get on this side of it. You don't want to. I'm telling you. You don't want to get on this side that Balaam's dealing with here. Because it's a, it's a, I mean, I'm imagining, I'm imagining, it's tough grounds to walk on, wouldn't you say? I mean, because he got out of the way of the will of God. God said no one time. And he has got a sword drawn against him. Mm, man, that's brutal. Who's to say it couldn't be us, though? I'm not saying literally. We don't deal with Christophanes anymore, but I'm telling you. Is that they ain't no telling what could be in our path ahead. Right? I mean, you take the wrong road that you didn't intend to take and it might just cause you an accident. I'm not saying God's just like that, but I'm just telling you that He works in mysterious ways, guys. We don't understand it all. We don't know. You don't know what takes place, guys. I don't either. But you don't know how, we don't know how God works in every way. He, the Bible tells us very clearly that He works in mysterious ways. And if He works in mysterious ways, those mysterious ways are not for us to know. And they're, they're not for us. To, and if, if we did do that, if we, if we did make that mistake, and we did choose to be unfaithful to God, and we did choose to, and we end up happening here, I mean, God gets our tithes anyway, right? If we believe that God can get our tithes if, when we have four flat tires and one week and we didn't pay our tithes and all of a sudden we've just put exactly how much our tithes was into the tithes. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just telling you that's how God works sometimes. But, but it's not always how it's not always how God works. I'm not Job's friends. And you might get that, you might not. But if you don't get that, understand it, read it. I'm not Job's friends. I'm not the one that says because you're dealing with all that you need to repent. Because you're dealing with that, you have done some sin and you've caused that to come upon you. That, that's not me. It's not clear. It's not scripture. Everything that you do is not because you're out of the will of God. Everything that happens to you is not because you're out of the will of God. Every sickness that comes upon you is not because you're out of the will of God. It's just not. It's just not. But I tell you the truth, though. There is sometimes when we'll, re- we'll come to a realization where I think I might have brought this upon myself. Here he is. And uh, there was relationship. There was rebellion, rebuke, report, realization. But then lastly, I'm done. See the repentance here. Hang tight. Verse 24, 34, excuse me. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. For I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it... Displease thee, I will get back again. The angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men. Why would he tell him that? Hang tight. But only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. So I cannot say in any way, shape, or form that Balaam truly repented here. I cannot. However, it's easy to claim sin when the sword is pointed toward you. <laughs> right? I mean, if there's an open sword in front of you, it's easy to say, hey, yeah, I, 
<laughs> I did it, right? But according to the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament concerning Balaam, he led the children of Israel to moral corruption once he went. He led them into marriage with heathens and idolatry. You tell me if you repent. Now, repenting is turning away from something, not doing it right. You agree on that? And so, if he repented, then that means he repented and went and led them straight into the depths. They would have never worshipped idolatry. They would have never went into moral corruption. They would have never married heathen and heathen than. They might have, I don't know, but I'm just telling you the truth is that that's what he led them into. Straight into it. He didn't do it God's way. He did it Balaam's way. And he did it all for the dime. So, Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, the Lord also deals with the church of Pergamos in the same direction, saying that they held the doctrine of Balaam. Chapter 25 tells us about the doctrine of Balaam. And um, let me just read the first few verses. Israel, Bowden, Shittim, the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. That's all i got to read. They committed whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. It's a little deep. And the people did eat and bow down to their gods. One chapter. That's all it took him to read. That's all it took him. Two chapters. That's all it took him to lead him. He led him straight into moral corruption. Let me just say this. Everyone that says, I have sinned, I have sinned, doesn't mean that they've repented of it. Let me give you a few examples according to Scripture. Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says, I have sinned. Now you tell me if Pharaoh repented. He was still just as wicked. He still held the children of Israel under captivity. He said, I've sinned. Saul. Saul. The wicked king Saul that chased David for all those years. And all that time. First Samuel. Chapter 15, verse number 24. The Bible says, And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their word. What happened after that? Well, he shot at the king, the coming king. He tried to kill him multiple occasions. And you tell me, did he repent? Matthew chapter 27. 
Matthew chapter 27. We're almost done, I promise. I didn't think this was going to go this long. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 4. Verse number 1, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. When they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the government, governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned. Now you tell me, did Judas repent? Did anybody hear that word and catch it? Now listen to this. When he saw that he was condemned, he would have never repented if he wasn't condemned. And he never repented to the Lord. He repented to himself. You know what repenting to yourself is? Man, I wish I'd never done that. I'm not going to do that again. I'm telling you. Did he get saved and go to heaven? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. David. 2 Samuel. And that's all the proof of false repentance, by the way. 2 Samuel, chapter number 12, verse number 13. David genuinely repents for his sin. You know what happens to David? He changes. He becomes king of Israel, and he is the best king that they've had, one of the best kings they had. Changed his life forever for the glory of God. Isn't that what God does when you actually generally repent? Amen. Just telling you, there was a relationship there, rebellion, rebuke, report, realization. There was repentance, but it was just slight. Unless I'm sorry, Lord, and that's not repentance. I don't care what you've heard. So the point is all this tonight is the Lord judged him. He uses whatever, and we can find over verse number and chapter number. Thirty one. The Bible says, in the award against the Midianites, the Lord commanded Moses. Moses is leading them. And they slew all the males, and they slew the kings of Midian, verse 8, beside the rest of them that were slain, namely Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, Reba, five kings of Midian, Balaam, also the son of Beor, they slew with the sword. The children of Israel killed him. Because he was wicked. He was wicked. Was he a prophet? He sure was. He sure was. But the point is, however, is God will use whatever he needs to use whenever he needs to use it and however he needs to use it to get his will done. I understand God's will will not always get done. But I tell you the truth, his plan will be changed and his will use whatever needs to do in this case he was powerfully speaking to a wicked man through a donkey 
also he spoke himself, understand that. What can we take out of this? Your will will not distract his plan. Go God's way. Go God's will. Listen to God's word. And you'll benefit from it. Consequences will be had if you disobey. It's God. He's a powerful speaker. And I promise you, if it takes a rock to cry out to get your attention, he'll use a rock. If it takes a rooster to cry out to get your attention, he'll use a rooster. I can't alliterate anymore because I don't have any more R's in my mind. But if he takes a donkey, who's to say God wouldn't use it today? He's still the same. <laughs> I don't believe you're going to have an angel of the Lord appear in front of you. We don't have those anymore. We still got a God in heaven who will absolutely get your attention if he needs to. And my warning to you is to watch out. Stay in his will. He'll never have to get your attention. Amen. Thank you for your ears tonight. You can stand to your feet. Dear Lord, we sure are grateful, God, for the word of God tonight. Thankful for the liberty, Lord. I'm thankful. God, I don't overlook that at all. Lord, you've been so good to us. You've been so faithful, Lord. I love each one of these dear folk. I ask you, Lord, to help me be a better pastor and help, Lord, us be a better people for you. Lord, uh, we would listen to the words of God and listen to how you have led us and guided us in everyday life, Lord, that we would be very simple to that open ear to you and your will for our life, Lord, we'd never come short of that, we would be very, very obedient to you, Lord, um, not take anything into our own hands, but Lord, keep our ears open to you and keep our minds open to you, keep our eyes open towards you, Lord, and keep our ears opening toward you, Lord, we sure do need your help, and we pray for each person in here. As they go home, bless your name for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray.